Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Rachel Roberts. And I'm Megan Segura. And this is The Daily Dish, Bravo's official podcast. We're digital producers from Bravo TV, coming to you from Rockefeller Center in New York City. So, we know it's news and booze, but we're not boozing. Grace won't let us. Right, because it's like two in the afternoon. She says we have to go to our meetings after this. Next week I'm going to make up for it with a really elaborate drink. Yes! Okay, but you... You've said it here. That's mm-hmm. like a blood oath. So you have to fulfill it. <laughs> okay. I don't want some just like old wine in a cup. Give me a liquor type. Vo- you like vodka. No, let's do a rum drink. Oh, a rum wow. drink. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm- Something tropical. <laughs> she literally said rum and shimmy. She was like, maybe a rum drink. I will make you guys a very elaborate rum drink next week. I had a really good rum drink. Oh, no. It was rye i was thinking r never mind (laughs) anyway so we're not drinking but we're both back yep in new york city so we're in a new york state of mind is what grace wants us to say but i refuse (laughs) sometimes i write these nice little prompts for them and And she's like literally crossing her arms in a huff that we didn't (laughs) say it right uh but we got to i got to talk to ryan sirhan <laughs> I was so nervous about saying his name. I made Grace look up. Was it Molly? I made Molly look up how to say his name because I never know if it's Haunt or Hant. What is it? Sir Hant. Sir Hant. Um, Ryan Sir Hant. I'm going to go ahead and say our first interview with Ryan. Not the best. <laughs> we were having an off day. It was very early on in the podcast. Yeah. We didn't maybe put our best foot forward. It wasn't even we. You know it's me. <laughs> just say it was me. I just- Megan up so she wasn't allowed in this one yeah i really was i couldn't face him again <laughs> just kidding no she just wasn't here yeah uh but he was dreamy af no oh. uh 
we connected i feel like (laughs) not like steve gold oh okay i wish no he was just super nice and like got really deep about uh how the show like affected himself like sir hand so it was really good i liked it but since we don't have news for you this week we thought it would be fun to take a look back at our favorite new york interviews yeah we this is carol luann sonia and i sometimes find that listening back to these interviews is even better like future wise yeah just listen to Luann wax poetic about her wedding exactly exactly mm-hmm. or Carol talking about the election oh. <laughs> there are a lot of interviews in this episode so look down at the show notes if you want exact time codes you can skip around at your leisure yes uh, but let's get into that Ryan interview first <laughs> Yeah, well, we are here with Ryan Serhant. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? You were just talking about uh, eyeing Josh Altman's book over there. I know. It's competition. (laughs) Now I have a book coming out, and I'm like, oh, man. It's your move. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm, hmm, hmm. (laughs) What is the title of your book? Sell it like Serhant. Of course it is. Yes. You know what? You got the branding there, right? Bravo's pumping a lot behind it. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to kind of ride that train. I'm an ambulance chaser for Bravo, basically, is what my whole life is. Right? Million Dollar Listing, too. They put me on a real estate show, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep this thing going. Right. Yeah, it's worked out. So how did Sell it right like Serhant come around? Uh, I think I pitched Bravo like 50 different ideas, right? I'm a pitch man. I'm a salesman at heart. Um, and then this idea came around where I was like, you know what? In real life, like people reach out to me all the time who say, hey, I, was, I watched an episode of Million Dollar Listing last night, and the way you negotiated that deal in that townhouse, I did the same thing to a guy I'm trying to sell tires to in Ohio, and I sold 10 more tires. And I always write back. I'm like, hey, man, that's awesome. Right. And then I also get a lot of reach out from people who sell things that are not real estate saying, hey, would you be able to like, coach me for your day? Like, I, I love my job. You know, It's not real estate, but I, I need to sell more hot tubs, and that's what I do. And so that's where the show was born. It was people reaching out to me with videos and emails, um, asking for advice and help. And so then we went and filmed eight of them. And it's ridiculous because it's me like showing up in a suit and tie, crushing grapes, you know, trying to sell wine. I'm in a Speedo trying to sell hot tubs. I'm trying to sell body lotion, manzillions for body waxing memberships. I mean, it's like I was trying to sell dresses to future prom queens in New Jersey. So it's crazy crazy did any of that intimidate is the wrong word where you're like how do i go about selling men men every time (laughs) every time i'm supposed to be the expert here but it's you know the 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 art of selling is consistent throughout whatever product it is you're selling right whether you're just trying to sell yourself on a date or you're trying to sell yourself for a job promotion or you're trying to sell hot tubs or body lotion or real estate in Manhattan, the way you psychologically connect to the person in front of you, the way you compliment them, the way you present a product versus not present it, the way you present incentives versus you don't, uh, it, it's always the same. Uh, but I was nervous going into almost every one of them because you know, I, I'm just I'm really hoping that I can help them because what if there's a product that like I really can't help? And thankfully that didn't happen, but, um, but yeah, I was nervous every time. We also saw you get emotional in the trailer. Oh, did I? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you know, I went into the show thinking, you know what? This is going to be a funny show, fish out of water. It's me 
in the most ridiculous situations. Every episode is going to be like the beginning of the old American Idol where like people are just terrible at what they do. <laughs> and so it's going to be funny that way. And then what really happened was the show, because I had a week with everybody. And all these people, they didn't just want to be on TV. Like they, they were more awkward about the TV and really into me helping them because they needed my help. Like these people that I worked with, they were on their last legs at their job. They weren't hitting their numbers. They weren't selling enough. And their bosses really are the ones that were big proponents of the show for me. Their bosses were like, listen, if you can help her, that's great. If you can't, I have to let her go. And I'm going to let her, I'm going to let her go by the end of the week. You know, that's, and that's what happened on every episode. So what went from being funny, and the show is definitely funny, but it became incredibly personal and the show became a transformation show. You know, it became a show about, about how to transform your lifestyle so you can transform yourself as a salesperson because the person you wake up as every morning, that's the person you are when you're selling. That's the person you are at work. So if you don't feel good about yourself when you wake up in the morning, if you don't feel good about yourself when you go to bed, if you've had a bad day, that's how you're going to sell and you can't do that. So and everyone was different, you know, everyone had different issues and everyone had tough issues. You know, there's like, we worked with a guy selling kitchen cabinets whose wife just died. Like we oh worked with God. a woman who, you know, we didn't have, we had no idea. We went to her house to film with her kids and stuff. And she's like, oh, by the way, if I lose my job, I'm not going to make my next house payment and my house is in foreclosure. And I'm like, you have three little kids. So like, these are real, real situations, which almost made, you know, million dollar listing is fun. They follow, it's my, my whole life, right? It's very personal and it's work-based. But if I lose a deal, it sucks, but I don't lose my house, right? I don't lose, like, my life. And everybody on sale, like Sirhant, had very real, real and dire circumstances. So they really needed my help and they really needed to succeed and keep their job. And that's, like, as you said, like a very different kind of pressure. I'm sure that weighed on you yes. differently. Oh, man. And I've never experienced that type of pressure before. I mean, if you've watched Million Dollar Listing, like, I'm... I'm like, I, I'm a wise cracker. Like I, you know, kind of do my thing. You know, I make fun of everything just because that's the way I get out of uncomfortable situations by cracking jokes. Uh, and I could not do that as much on this show. Like, how do you get out of an uncomfortable bankruptcy situation with someone that's depending on my every word, you know? And it's, so it's hard and it's their entire jobs because if they get fired from that job, then what do they do? They go back to school, but they can't afford it. They just go get another sales job but now they feel like they're bad at sales because they just got fired from a sales job and it's not just a speed bump in the road for a lot of people it's like hitting a brick wall and so i felt a lot of personal pressure to help these people in in more ways than just selling more hot tubs right speaking of kind of learning things like did you learn anything from the show it sounds like you did with yeah yeah it's um you know i learned a lot when i learned a lot about people Right, which was which is fun. I made a lot of friends with everybody. Um, you know, I also learned a lot about selling. To be honest, you know, I started writing the book. So, like Sir Hant, I mean, I started taking notes to write a future book like ten years ago when I first got into the business. And then about a year ago, a little over a year ago now, I said, you know what, I'm going to actually put all this stuff into a book. I'm going to talk about the deals I've done, everything I've learned from them, because I couldn't find a book about how to build a sales career. There's a lot of books about, hey, how to sell this, right? Or, hey, how to improve your life. There's a lot of like random crap out there. But for anyone who has sales as like a side hustle or anybody who wants to build like a sales career or just know how to sell themselves or sell anything, 
there wasn't really a book for that. You know, some of my few, my other co-stars have written books that are very personal to them. They're more like memoirs. And that like doesn't really, I don't know, it maybe it works for some people, but it doesn't really help me. And so I wanted to write a book for everybody about like how to sell more and how to build a sales career from nothing. Um, and working with all of these people on sell like Sirhan really helped me flush out all of my thoughts about selling. You know, like a, a case in point, there was one episode where I'm selling lotion to women. <laughs> naturally. Uh, naturally. <laughs> uh, scrubs, right? Scrubs out in Long Island. What's up, scrubs? I miss you guys. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and they, they did. And I, I learned to do something with her that I'd always done. I just never called it something called the wow moment where when you're selling, you know, if you're showing five lotions, right? You have one lotion that's the wow moment because you need to hook somebody. Whether they buy that one or not, you want to really wow them with your product because it's going to show that you know what you're doing. It's going to show that you are educated. It's going to show that you are presenting value. And then maybe it's too expensive, so they take the lesser expensive item, right? So that's kind of like in the psychology of showing product. And I was like, wait a minute. I do that all the time when showing apartments. I'll always have a wow, awesome apartment to show that keeps people excited, keeps them energetic because New York City is so expensive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are like, hey, my budget's only $3 million. They're coming from Nebraska. They think they can get a mansion. I show them a two-bedroom facing a brick wall, and they're like, "This is I'm not moving to New York. So I need a wow moment always to keep them excited about the prospect of moving to New York. And so things like that, right? The wow moment's now in the book, and that you know really helped me. Amazing. I follow you on Instagram. You're so inspirational. You were talking about positive moments. How do you get to keep, stay positive? <laughs> My wife. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. You Aww. know, honestly. So Amelia, uh, Amelia keeps me positive because on days where everything's awesome, everything's great. All the other days, you know, she's there and she's like buck up soldier type type wife um, and she always brings things down to reality and she helps me look at like the macro view of things you know where she's like look at what you have going on look what's this this is life is awesome you know everything could always be worse and so that always brings me back because everything's relative you know you look at like look at like rock stars you know they seem like they have the greatest lives ever and yet a lot of them are really depressed and have a really hard time and you're like what so it's hard that way but um amelia keeps me positive that and my team honestly like i I have so much responsibility for them, but it keeps me going that I want to lead by example. And I always want to be positive and awesome and on and rocking and rolling. So that way they know that I'm doing it. Um, and if I'm doing it and it's working, then it could work for them too. Uh, speaking of Amelia, I loved your wedding spinoff. Oh, thanks. Huge fan. I was obsessed thanks, with Bravo. that house in Greece. Yeah, with the windmill. Yes. Oh, I'm like, that is like now my ideal dream house. I like I want to print it out and put yeah. it up and be like, that's it. Yeah. Any Goals. more? Yeah. Any more plans of like buying in Greece or anything? Uh, in Greece, not yet. We just bought a house in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. Yeah, we just bought a townhouse. Um, so we're going to do that first. Uh, and then Greece will happen. Eventually, you know, the thing with Greece is, is the, the forms of property ownership in Greece between 1300 islands and mainland Greece is a little tricky, a little <laughs> confusing. Might be a little and confusing. that's what happened on that house. Okay. Like the real estate agent said it was for sale. That was, this was this. And then someone contests it and they're like, oh no, this is my fourth uncle's house. This is mine. Then they can't sell it. Like that doesn't happen in New York. There are records <laughs> in Greece. 
there are, there's like four records. The rest is just up to the gods. Like it's craziness. Uh, my wife would hate me for saying all that, but it's <laughs> it's kind of true. It's kind of what goes on. So it's a little bit frustrating. And but also for me, like last summer, we just went to Greece. We got a boat and we bounced around to like twelve islands. That was awesome. Oh, like wow. that's because then you get to see so many different things, go to so many different restaurants. If you just get a house, then I feel like you'll be stuck and you'll be like, you know what? We we have to go to the house. We haven't been there in forever. And then it's just sort of like your spot. I like bouncing around. So you're moving to Brooklyn. Um, yes, eventually. Yeah, we're going to renovate and do some work to it. Um, but yeah, eventually. It's a big house. There's I a lot of room to grow into. I feel like that's such a sign that like Brooklyn is really happening or it's changing so please, much. Please put, put that in there. <laughs> Me moving to Brooklyn is a sign that Brooklyn is happening. Everyone in Brooklyn just threw up a little bit. <laughs> no, but really, I feel like... We do so much in Brooklyn now. Yeah. All our deals, Brooklyn, everything is happening in Brooklyn. And what's crazy is it used to be that people would move to Brooklyn who couldn't afford Manhattan. Right. Right? Now, people move to Brooklyn first. Like, we get people calling us from all over the world who say, I want to look in Dumbo, Borm Hill, Cobble Hill, and if you have something in Brooklyn Heights. If we can't find anything there, maybe West Village, maybe Chelsea. Unless schools come into play or walking to work. Right? But other than that, you get so much more for your money for now. There are definitely parts of Brooklyn that are really expensive, but the quality of life is better. The monthly payments are better, whether you're renting or you're owning. Brooklyn is where the world is completely is heading to. Right. It's it's the Paris of New York, and it really feels like it. You know, it's got There's a vibe of love in Brooklyn that you just don't get in Manhattan anymore. Now, that's not to say that Manhattan's bad. I love it, and I will continue <laughs> to sell it forever, right? But... But there's something to be said about how, how, how great Brooklyn is. Right. I live there, so I love it. What's up? <laughs> you know what? When you moved to Brooklyn, right. <laughs> everyone said Brooklyn is now happening. That's it. That's it. Uh, I just want to end on, you know, we're talking about you're being an inspiration for a lot of people. Who inspires you? You. Oh. Um, you. That's how you sell things. Yeah. <laughs> Who inspires me? Uh, my dad. Uh, my dad. I dedicated the book to my dad. But um, uh, my dad, he really instilled in me like a relentless work ethic growing up and he had a he had a tough upbringing right like his his mom died when he was 18 his brother died shortly after he had to raise his family on his own put himself through college worked his way up in the world you know did very well for himself and it's like anytime I'm I think I'm too busy or too much is going on I think about having a 10 year old or a 15 year old right now and like trying to just figure out my life in Ohio like nope nope you know what I'm in Manhattan everything is okay (laughs) could always be worse right and now you're moving to Brooklyn so it's gonna be really great right now life will be way easier (laughs) all right well thank you so much Ryan thank you yeah and congrats on the show thank you so much so should we get into some of these older Real Housewives of New York interviews? Yes. Uh, let's start with Luann. Uh, this interview is from April of last year. She was still married, you right. guys. And she was eating eggs. Not a la Francaise. Oh, that's right. She came in and <laughs> she was still having her breakfast. It was an early morning interview. And so, yes, she's eating eggs. She was. And we're here with Luann D'Agostino now. <laughs> yes, that's right. Mrs. D'Agostino. Yes. And you guys are going to be so jealous. We are having eggs with the Countess. Eggs on the Francais. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So the season, the new season's here. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy you're back. But I was thinking to myself, 
Was that like a difficult decision to come back? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I said to Tom, I said, you know, if, if I go back, those girls are probably still going to talk about us because it seems to be their favorite subject. Mm-hmm. And um, and I thought, you know, am I going to go back for another season? Um, and I thought, why not? Because I'm getting married. So excited. <laughs> so I wanted people to see that, you know, that Tom and I are going to make it all the way. And we did. Um, did, what was Tom's reaction? Was he wanting you to go back or not? Very supportive. Okay. Tom's very supportive of what I decide to do. Mm-hmm. And, and how much will we see him this season? You're going to see him a bit. He films with me. He, um, he, um, is going to walk down the aisle with me. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we hang out in, you know, in New York and, um, and we have a great life together. We travel a lot and. Um, he's a very busy, busy businessman and, you know, and I'm busy doing my thing. So, um, so, you know, you're going to see him a bit in the shop this season. Mm-hmm. So going to the wedding, mm-hmm. um, I actually had a question about this first episode because we see Sonia saying that she's in Phuket and that's why she didn't go to the wedding. So I wanted to clarify with you, was she invited? Well, it started out, it started out that I, I wanted Sonia to come and then she kept <laughs> kept on talking about Tom in negative ways. And then I thought to me, and Ramona too. So I was like, you know what? I don't want any drama. This is my wedding. It's my big day. And I just wanted to have people that love and support us together as a couple. So, uh, so I decided just to have Dorinda mm-hmm. who was introduced Tom and I, and she's um, one of my bridesmaids. And so it worked out great. So obviously mm-hmm. Tom likes Dorinda, but yes. which of the housewives does he like the least? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I can't answer that, my love. Okay. <laughs> um, mm. Some people have a Sophie's Choice. We have a Sophie Stanbury's Choice. It's Sophie Stanbury here. Get the tunes on, because I'm ready to dance, bitch. If you had to choose Ramona or Sonia to attend your wedding, who would it have been? Um... Oh, am I going to answer that one too? I can't. They'll shoot me before the end. Of, <laughs> before before the end of the day. <laughs> Were there lingering hurt feelings over lack of invites, or did people get it? You think? I think people got it. Yeah. I don't think they were surprised. Let's put it that way. Right. Ramona said she was hurt. <laughs> she was so hurt. We're well, not seeing it's just and then, and then she girls. said that people are taking bets on whether or not we're going to get married. So I was like, and then like cheers to you not falling on your face. Yes. Like what? Right. Yeah, Ramona? yeah, right. Exactly. So now you know why I didn't invite them to the wedding. Right. Why do you think she's so interested in your and Tom's relationship? Do you think it's truly, sincerely out of concern for you? No. No. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think it is? Um, I think, you know, she wants to see me fall on my face, kind of. Right. You know? Unfortunately, I think she gets used to the idea as the season goes on. And because she does like Tom and she does like me somewhere in there. Yeah. So, um, so you'll see her get past him. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they're all happy for me. Oh, but good. it takes but it takes a minute. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what we can expect this season. Uh well, you can expect that you'll see my daughter Victoria. Mm. Um my kids are involved in the wedding. Victoria is my uh, flower girl. Oh. And my son is the ring bearer. 
So, um, so you see the kids and you'll see Tom and I get married. We actually make it down the aisle. And, you know, I didn't want to have any, <laughs> anybody trip me walking down the aisle. So that's why I kept it to a very minimal <laughs> housewife attendance. But I did have a lot of other housewives there. I had, you know, Jill Zarin was there and Kelly was there, Kelly Ben Simone and Mary Soul Patton from Miami. Um, kind of, it was the, kind of the ex housewives <laughs> wedding. <laughs> and uh, so, so you see the wedding, you'll see us traveling uh, to Mexico. You know, I happen to have a lot of fun this season on the show. So I think you're going to see uh, the women's attitudes towards me change as well. So, refreshingly to say because, you know, I can walk into a room now with Tom and not feel like they're going to attack him. Mm. So there's a lot of good stuff. So maybe you're almost, like, out of the drama this season. Well, I'm always in the drama. <laughs> yeah. I'm always in the drama, but but it's going to change. How much will we see of the wedding? Mm, I wanted it to be very personal, um, very much... Um, uh, private, um, you know, Tom is, is not a public person, so I had to respect him and his family and, and, you know, and my own wishes, which was to make this a very private, personal, magical evening. So I did, just didn't envision having cameras there and it didn't feel natural to me. So, so I'm going to share some of the footage that I have from the wedding with Bravo. So at least, you know, I know it's going to be beautiful. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. But let's move on to Carol. She talked to us about whether or not she'd run for mayor. It's so interesting now to hear that considering the Cynthia Nixon stuff. Oh, right. I mean, Carol ended up only just running the marathon, but we're proud of her still. Oh, yeah. Never forget that day. Hi guys, it's Megan. And it's Rachel. And we are here with Carol Radziwill from The Real Housewives of New York. Hi, Carol Radziwill from The Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> You're back. I'm back. Yes, five years. Right. This is a crazy group of women that you've gotten yourself into. <laughs> Um, uh, yes, some, some are certainly, I I think they're all sort of interesting in their own way. They're definitely, um, women who have strong opinions and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, even, uh, on things that they know nothing about, (laughs) Uh, but that's what makes for such a good television and, and dynamic friendships. Yeah. Right. Um, going back to the beginning, 
Did you watch the show before you went on? Were you prepared for all the drama? Did you expect um, it? No, I never watched the show before I went on. Well, I didn't know. I knew kind of about the show, but I didn't never watched it. And then when I was deciding whether to do it or not, then I watched this whatever season that was, like three or four. And uh, I didn't watch the whole season. I just watched a little bit of it, and I kind of got the gist of it. Right. <laughs> I thought, oh, um, okay. <laughs> Maybe they're looking for a different type of person, right? <laughs> um, because uh, that's what I thought. And then, you know, I, you know, it wasn't like I was deciding to have a child or get married or do something that was really going to like blow up my life. It was just like it's this cool kind of interesting pop culture phenomenon. And I thought, right. okay, I'll try it. Like I'll do it. Um, and uh, I'd spent 15 years of my career behind the camera, and that was a little bit of a, an adjustment. Uh, but, you know, I never thought, I think, in the first or second season, I would be on it for five years. But now I have a better understanding of what it actually is mm. um, and what you can actually do with it. You know, you don't have to be on it and yelling and drinking all the time, actually. Right, right. You're so calm and collected. Yeah. I, feel like I thought early that. on, I thought, oh, I think there's a spot for someone who's not drinking all the time and yelling. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> I'm going to take that. <laughs> I'm going to go that like, no, way. I, I, and I remember thinking, no one else seems to notice that that's missing. So I'm going to keep quiet about it and just assume that position. Uh, I guess anyone could have, but ultimately, honestly, it has to be in you. You know, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's in me to, to, to get so worked up about some of the issues that, that um, some of the other cats get worked up about. Like, I try, but it's like, ugh, I really, like, do I care if I'm not invited to a party? Absolutely not. At reunions, Andy, you know, after all the drama, he'll yeah. always ask if there's another season, will you come back? Has there ever been a season where you were like, I really don't know? Um, uh, this, uh, not, not honestly, not r really. I mean, honestly, I always kind of don't know because I'm yeah. thinking, Let's see what happens, how, where my life is taking me in the off period here, right? So, like, you know, I sort of make that decision, you know, when I have to make it six months down the line. Um, but not really. I never thought I'm never, I can never do this show again. Because the first season I thought I had, ha I always planned to do it at least you know, two seasons, right? Because the first season is just, you know, an introduction. An introduction. Right, right. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is in the second season. The second season, I think, was hard for me because I think I, that was the season where I had a big drama with one of the other cast members. And, um, and it was very dark and some things were said that were really very nasty. And I just, it was a little eye-opening. And I thought, oh, wow, um, this... I realized at that moment you could pretty much say anything you wanted on the show because, you know, the show's not searching for the truth, let's be honest. It's searching for the drama. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the truth is like a collateral damage, you know, of whatever they're going after. And uh, that's, that was a particularly hard season. But even after that season, I thought, I, I thought I, now I have to come back for another season because I don't want it to end so like dark. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad that I decided to do that. And then... You know, now um, it's it's for me. It's just like another way to tell a story. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how it feels. You have been on for is it four seasons now? 
Yeah, this will be, be five. five. Uh, so what is it like being a rookie compared to now? What has changed? Oh, well, now I just have a better... Well, first of all, when I first came on the show, there were seven of us, and I didn't know a single person. <laughs> so right, that must be It was so hard. And on top of not knowing anyone and not really being friendly with anyone... You know, you have to learn how to be on camera, which was, I found myself going behind the cameras a lot and like into the video village and like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, get out there. <laughs> and, I'm like, oh. and then, um, so, so then, you know, then it became easier as I really got to, to know everyone. Um, because then it just was like, then I could really be myself and I could say, you know, this pisses me off or that doesn't, or you, you're, you know, said this, which I don't like. And, you know, and I felt like once I got to really know everyone, it got easier. And this mm. year, you know, I was the easiest. I mean, this year it's been five years, so I kind of know everyone. Yeah, that's true. And I know how they react, and I know who I like, and I know I, I know who people are. So, you know, I don't sit in judgment of any of them. I just, you know, I don't have expectations that are that are um, not within the realm of, of reality, right. you know, like I'm like, oh, I know who Luann is. I know what our friendship is. So I'm not going to try to make it something it's not. I'm not going to get so deep with her because she's just not that person. She's like light and bright. How are you? You know, she's not going to ask you a lot of questions about your life. And, you know, that's not necessarily the kind of people I'm attracted to. You know, I want to get a little deeper, but, you know, but now I'm, I'm sort of laid back and was like, okay, you know, now I know who everyone is and, and uh, I know how to, you know, it's just easier for me. Of course, we want to ask about Adam. Are you okay. guys still shacking up? Yeah. <laughs> Are we still? Yes, we're shacking up in the beginning of the season, aren't yes, we? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Adam gave up his apartment, and uh, we are shacking up. Uh, we're not living together. I know a lot of people, a lot of the women are like, I don't understand. You're living together. Why are you saying that? It doesn't sound, you know... Uh, like, yeah. And, and I said, no, it's actually, I'm very particular with words and it's actually mm -hmm. extremely accurate to what our situation is. And uh, I think when you're living, you move in together, you move in together, you live together, there's, you're like building this like, you know, home together. And that wasn't what was happening. He, he, we were shacking up. I think it's a little sexier too to be mm -hmm. shacking up For and sure. be living together. Um, until he found another, until he found another apartment, and he was looking. You know, he's a private chef. He needs a big kitchen. He needs stuff right. that I just don't have. And uh, and you know, my apartment I love. It's a little jewel box. So, you know, I, mm -hmm. you know, it's my things. There's not really room for another person. In <laughs> It almost is like meant to be that you didn't end up getting rid of your kitchen because then you met Adam. <laughs> I was so close to like get, to get, taking the stove out, disconnecting the gas. I thought it was so genius. What a great idea. I who, mean, needs a, who needs an oven? <laughs> yeah, I don't cook at all. I'm a seamless girl. So. Um, right. And uh, yes, I didn't. I didn't. And and thank God. Yeah. Because, you know, he used the oven more, you know, in the past year than I've used in the past 10 years. And uh, it's also, you know, good for resale. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we see you um, in the next on and on some of the super teas, obviously talking about politics. Yes. What so, else is there to talk about? Right. Especially in the fall. Um, so how do you deal with your friends that just don't want to talk about politics or um, have different opinions and it's a, I think a problem for a lot of people right now so you know I don't 
I don't deal with them well. So I'm not going to say that I, you know, know how to navigate and stuff. Uh, certainly on the show, you'll see that the other women weren't really interested in talking about politics, whether that was a function of we were on television, they didn't want to be so public, or whether they just weren't interested, um, which is which is fine, too. Um, you know, half our country didn't even vote. So I, I get that there's a huge portion of the population that just can't get interested. Um, and that's unfortunate because I think we see the results of that. Um, but I really came from a place of just information. I was a journalist for a long time. I covered political campaigns. I just saw so much misinformation and propaganda out there and like mm. crazy things that people were on social media retweeting and, re and, 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 um, you know, saying as though they were accurate. And so my big push was like, no, the, get the facts here. Go to this. It's not fake news. There, there, there is certainly fake news. Um, but you know, go to politico.com, uh, go, you know, watch C-SPAN. Like now, literally, I can only watch C-SPAN because I can't have anyone filtering my information anymore because you just, it's too much information and there's too many opinions. And, it, you know, when I was a journalist, you would never tell, you know, we were not allowed to talk about our political opinions. The fact that I'm talking about it on TV nationally, publicly is a big departure. Like for 15 years, uh, you know, I never could go to a rally or or donate to a political campaign or volunteer for a political campaign. So, so um, you know, I just think I, I just think uh, you know it's hard to have political conversations. Uh, you know, it is true. You know, it, it's hard to talk about politics and religion. And um, I just try to have an open mind. So I have to ask, how are the kittens? Oh my god. <laughs> The kittens are amazing. So you kept them both? I kept them both. I had a feeling that would happen. Oh I have God. three. I get it. <laughs> you do. Yeah. I mean, they're stop. endlessly fascinating. I always can sit there. Now you understand why they have like that cat lady thing. Because yeah. you can, if you have cats, you can stay home all the time because they're so funny. Yes. There, there's a reason why there's a lot of cat gifts on, on the internet. Yeah. Because they're just really funny. Yeah. And to, to have two and they... they hunt each other all day they wrestle they argue they they, they these two kittens love each other and Aww. my original baby my original my dog loves them too Aww. it's literally like animal planet in my apartment every <laughs> single day <laughs> what are their names well baby is original baby and then one kitty's baby blue and then the other kitty's baby bell so they're all babies oh, so but cute. then there's original baby yeah <laughs> og yeah, yeah. OB, rather <laughs> yeah well, she's OG, too. <laughs> so since reality stars can now run for office, are you going to? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so funny because I, I always thought I would, I'm for the president of my board and right. my building. So I've actually been elected to the same. Um, I, I was actually elected um, to the board before Donald Trump ran. So I have that one thing over on him. <laughs> and uh, I always thought, like, because I'm doing this show, like, I used to even joke to my friends, well, you know, there goes, you know, any idea I would ever have of running for, you know, public office. But now I can thank Donald Trump for opening up a whole new area, uh, a whole new potential career for me later on in my life. Not only uh, Donald Trump is, is, is really a reality star turned uh, president, but um, there's several members, or at least one member of his cabinet, who's also a, a reality star. Mm -hmm. Rick Perry uh, was on Dancing with the Stars. So who knew? I can now even do Dancing with the Stars. I can be a housewife, and I can still be, you know, Manhattan president. Like, I'm running for president of Manhattan. <laughs> 
The next gal has been on the podcast twice because we actually did a whole live stream with her. Jorinda Medley. She's a doll. We are here with a very special guest. Yes. Can you guess who? I made it nice. <laughs> Dorinda Medley. Dorinda, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I've had a full day of uh, running around, getting ready for season nine. Very exciting. You know that's not what we wanted to hear. <laughs> how am I doing? Not oh, well, bitch. <laughs> I missed it. How am I doing? Not well, bitch. Uh, <laughs> so good. My favorite so Everybody loves that so much. I didn't even, I, I never even realized I said it until it came out on the teaser. Does that happen a lot? Do you All like not time. realize you said because something? Because it's such the moment. As I always say to people, people think that somehow like this is directed or scripted. It's really not. Right. It's it, really who, where we are, who we are. And usually it even continues after you're done filming. <laughs> <laughs> so you're coming in for your third season. Yes. Does it feel different? How is it different? If you can remember back to your season one. Yeah, I think it feels different because, you know, I, I'm, you know what to expect. You know what I mean? You right. know, you're not so afraid. I know the girls now. I understand their personalities. You know, I always knew them, but now you really know them. And mm -hmm. we're almost like in college. You know, you're we're like living in a sorority. And, you know, you I know how to manage it better. Mm -hmm. You know, not get so... I, emotional about it. I have to let it go. I've really decided in order for me to stay on the show and do it properly, I have to A, the, keep doing, which I hope I do, keep the TV Dorinda the same as the real life Dorinda. Because I do think you can get caught up. And then mm. all of a sudden, you know, there becomes two different people. So I wanted to keep that seamless. And I also want, I made a commitment to myself to keep, you know, just be linear about it. Let it go. Mm. You know, once I say it and it's out in the universe, let it go. You know, and if people like it, great. If they don't, well, that's all right, too. Yeah. I'll survive, you know. If anyone's not following your Instagram, they should, because you can see that you're the same on your Instagram as you are on the show. I, like, look at your live Instagram every day. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love that live Instagram. You know, the last time we as fans saw you was at the reunion, and... It kind of ended with what I felt was a bombshell, which was Horrible. Sonia making a crazy drug accusation. Was all, and you know what? Based on, I have no, you know, first of all, I don't even, Sonia and I were never friends before the show. She was, I actually knew of Sonia uh, because she was good friends with Ramona. But, you know, we, uh, you know, there's the old saying, judge me by the people I avoid. Mm. Okay. Um, so I never knew her. She lived a different life than I did. Uh, even though we grew up very similarly, she grew up in upstate New York. I grew up in upstate, you know, Massachusetts. Both were waitresses. But she just had a more of a persona lifestyle than I did. Okay. Mm. And for someone that has no basis and, you know, to say something so dreadful and hurtful. To not only me, but to my family was stunning. But the good news is, as I said, when people asked me about it, I said, consider the source. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, it came off as, listen, if if I can run my life the way I do, run two homes, be up every day. Well, you see my Instagram. You saw it. Yeah. You up at six o'clock every day, <laughs> yes, yes. live with my daughter full time up until a month ago. You know, don't look horrible then I think I should be doing whatever I'm doing because obviously my life is very successful and, and okay, but I don't and I never would. And it's not, I mean, you can't. My daughter wouldn't allow, my daughter doesn't allow alcohol in my apartment. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. 
Okay, but so since cameras don't follow you after, how does something like that end? Like, so it doesn't stopped filming mm. for the the night. Do you guys go to dinner no. together? Last year was a very dark season, mm. and the reunion was dark, and I think people felt it. You know, usually the reunion. I've only done two, but the first reunion I did and the reunions I've watched, they come to some resolution and you get the feeling like they all get up and hug each other and probably go out afterwards and have a dinner. No, people slithered away. Mm. It was It's literally like the, the cameras went down and it was like, boom. No one even went to have a drink with each other. Wow. Does she send a text saying, I'm sorry, no. things went too far? No. You just kind of like ignore it? No, I didn't ignore I I just... Um, you know, it's a very funny thing. I didn't care because I really was like, you're just not credible to me. But maybe mm. it's, Sonia's just not credible to me. And we all know Sonia lives a Sonia life. So to be throwing, saying things about me like that when she's never even been out with me. Right. Right. Okay. I don't hang out with Sonia. We don't go. We've never even had a dinner together. So, so I, quite frankly, didn't take it seriously. Yeah. It kind of laughed it off. I was like, all right, sure. And, you know, I'm also a tightroper. You know what I mean? You're right, I, right. I just didn't. So what hurt me more or equally was that because I really, I really, really, really don't think people took it seriously. Come on. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> what hurt me more is that she, she spent the next sort of six months going to press, going to people on these Facebook groups, going going to anybody that would listen, doing even further stuff. I actually mm. invited her to the Berkshires for the summer. She didn't even respond. Oh, wow. You know, I, I try to reach out. I try to say, let's try to, you know, because I really am a person that I don't hold grudges. I just don't think it's healthy for me. Right. Mm. Okay. Um, and she just sort of, started spreading even bigger things like I'm broke I, I'm a nobody where did I come from mm. you know blah 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 I'm jealous and I, I spent the whole summer listening and not doing a thing not responding the press would be like hey can you respond to Sonia's I'm like I won't even talk no right I, not because I do uh, do the Obama theory you know you go low I go high right mm. Great. And I don't think if you defend yourself, to, if you have to keep explaining to people, people see me. People know me. I think I'm a pretty transparent person. You know, I don't think um, I'm not perfect by any means, but, you know, who is? So, and I don't think I wanted to waste any of my time or energy uh, defending accusations against Sonia, of Sonia Morgan. That, to me, is just a complete waste of time. And I think that's what you saw in the season is that it came to a head. I just was like, I actually warned her a couple of times. I said, stop, please, Sonia. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you, mm -hmm. stop with this. We don't have to be friends, but stop it. That's all I was saying. When it didn't, then I finally just said, okay, now it's time to cut the head off. And it seemed like this all just came down to her not being invited to that Berkshire's That's all it party. was. That's all it was. And, you know... <laughs> I still, st I mean, right or wrong, I still stand by that. I didn't think she was in a good place to be going up. Um, the the other girls did not feel like she was in a good place. Clearly, you can see from the episode. The thing that I found very interesting is that you look at her confrontation with Bethany in her office, mm -hmm. which was far worse, and yet she had no problem with that. Yeah, that's weird. It was really weird. 
she got fixated on this mm. and it was one night right one night and quite frankly you see that weekend was very or that the couple of days up there was very uh, tough I thought I was being protective yeah right you were doing the right thing you thought yeah and I thought we were fine because we actually had a follow up afterwards but she just got fixated but Sonia sometimes has a tendency to do that you know get a little fixated on things and can't move on from them mm-hmm. God, uh, you said the season last season was so dark would you say the season is lighter it's different it's not dark it's much more um, it's reactive it's emotional. I think you're going to both cry. I think you're going to laugh very hard. Mm-hmm. There's some really funny scenes. It's like old school again, which mm-hmm. I like, which I like. Which And we do some really interesting things. We go away a lot more this year, which is, I think, brings out the best and the worst in us. Mm. That's like we magic. did weekends, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, it was Rich's fifth year anniversary, which was a huge mark. Mm. So Carol came up for that, and that really helped me to um, sort of rebond with Carol. And I feel so grateful that we have developed this wonderful friendship. Um, Tinsley was a great addition. You know, a little bit of a slow start. I didn't know how to place her because of sort of this whole thing that happened in Palm Beach. And she was so blatantly honest about it that I was like, I didn't know how to handle it. You know, sort of New York, New York, Palm Beach, Palm Beach, my job. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But did you get a frame for it? I mean, what you, you know what I mean? I, I, I did just you didn't frame know. your mugshot? So, but she really ended up coming into her own. It takes a while. And listen, we're not exactly, A, she's younger. B, she, you know, we're not exactly an easy group. And she had to get back into the swing of it too, you know, moving to New York. And she was living with Sonia, which I think, put her at a bit of a, a you know it, it, what's the word it put her at a bit of a disadvantage because she, I think she felt like she had to be incredibly loyal and correct to Sonia mm. in the beginning how familiar were you with the name Tinsley Mortimer it's a funny thing she was I knew of Tinsley Mortimer because she was on a show that was popular when my daughter was younger so my daughter used to watch it Oh. So there was... Uh, it was I, like on the CW or WB. Yeah, it was all about the... And it was funny because my daughter was going to school on the Upper mm-hmm. East Side and she knew of this Tinsley and the life they were living. And she, so I knew of her. Uh, this she, and you remember when Tinsley was on that show and living in New York, she was everywhere. Well, that's what I was going to mm-hmm. say. Because everywhere. You, I, live in, I lived in Texas and I knew of her. Yeah. <laughs> every party, every black tie, every, you know, she was like... Yeah. She was like the first kind of famous it girl. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, when you started on the show, Bethany came back, and that was a big deal for Roni fans. They were so excited. Then her next season, your second season, a lot of people were like, wow, this is a different Bethany. Yeah. And she kind of had a tough season, I feel. Yeah. This season, what do you think fans will get Well, I think, her. you know, Bethany ha- has evolved. You know, she's mm-hmm. had her divorce that's behind her. I think she's very comfortable in her skin. The thing that people, and I, you know, I'm so happy to be able to say this, Bethany's actually very loving. She actually does try hard. I think, you know, sometimes the delivery, you know, you've got to get used to the delivery. It's a different kind of delivery. But remember, she lives in a world that, you know, maybe even a male world, you know, where she's doing business. Then she has to be a mother. Then she's running her homes. Then she was doing her divorce. And I don't think Bethany has a lot of time for bullshit. Mm. 
But when you actually have the opportunity to sit with her and talk with her or spend time with her, she's a lot of fun. She's actually a real girl's girl, you know, but you just have to be honest with her. And she doesn't like both. And I respect that because I don't like both. We're strangely similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. And have the same humor. Our delivery is a little different, but we're actually quite similar. You know, I have a real survivor kind of mentality, and so does she. And I have a kind of I don't give a attitude, and so does she. So, yeah, I, I, I think this year you're going to see a much more lighthearted, you know, um, she's freer, she's funny, um, and she is, I got the feeling last year a little bit that it was just, you know, her and Carol, her and Carol, her and Carol. Mm, right. And when they weren't together, everybody was attacking. Whereas now she, you know, you, you see a lot more of her with different people in different situations, and you see the, the funny side to her. Good. You, and the generous side. Do you ever get to see Bethany the mom? I I don't I mean I obviously Bryn is the hugest thing in her life, but I you know, every once in a while I get a picture of stuff and she's very dedicated. Mm-hmm. Very. I don't know how she does it. I mean I'm exhausted <laughs> every day and I and I have a twenty three year old. I mean it's a lot to keep going. But she and then somehow she fits in dating. Right. I just don't know how she does it. And she never looks tired. Yeah. Is she still with the man she was dating last year that she's talking about in the brochures? I don't, I don't know. You know, yeah, I don't ask either. those questions. I don't <laughs> like to get involved in people's life like that. Well, can it's we get job. involved in yours? <laughs> she can ask me about my life all you want, but as far as other people's, I don't care about, you know. So you and John still together? We are still together upon five years. Mm-hmm. But not living together? No. Now, Rachel had kind of pose this question to, to me and some other girlfriends. Like, do you think that as a society we're moving away from marriage? I, if you talk to my daughter, she does, she thinks marriage is going to be obsolete. She's like, I'd like to freeze my eggs and just focus on my career and my writing and myself. And that, she's like, you know, your generation was, was so focused on getting married because you were worried about having babies. Mm. If you remove that and, you know, I, you know, except for the children thing, women, I can't tell you how many offices I walk into now, situations, political fundraisers, it's women. Women are very powerful. And what I love about women of today, the guilt is gone. Mm. When I was, I was always guilty. Oh, I gotta get home to Hannah. Oh, I can't work to her. Oh my God. They're much more, they're much more comfortable with doing what they gotta do and being present when they're at home and being present at work and mm. being powerful in their workplace and being mommy. Um, so I don't know if it's obsolete. I think it's evolving into something different. So then for you... It's you- never going to be obsolete. We all love love. Right. Right. Well, that's what I... It's such an institution. Does that mean love isn't there? No. No. I mean, I'm not saying you can't, but listen, we're all going to, at the end of the day, women... Love a fairy tale. Mm. I mean, I went to Beauty and the Beast and was hysterical crying. I'm like, oh, <laughs> because it's me. It's me and John. Don't you oh. see? This is I was paralytic when I got out. Oh, my God. That's this amazing. That's my, <laughs> my favorite analogy I've ever heard. I was like, I love you, John. I, I love, come over and dance with me immediately. Teacups around, but like because you feel like there's a prince underneath that no one else can see but you. Yes, oh my god! The thing about John is he's 
listen, no one could be with someone for five years and still, I'm still excited about seeing him. Like we still, oh. I get dressed up, you know, but, you're gonna, but I'm going to see him. And John's hysterically funny. And John, he basically, he may be rough around the edges, but he's a real man's man. And I like that. Maybe it's because I grew up very ethnic. You know, my grandfather was a big Italian and always had a lot of, and John has tons of men friends, which I think is almost obsolete in this day and age. Like he goes out with his friends. And they all hug each other. What's up, buddy? I got you back. <laughs> got you back, buddy. Okay. Right, sure. right. They go to Italian places and they eat and you come and they seem to be having a great time and there's lots of food. And John is very, very funny. And John's the type of person that you'd call at two in the morning if you were in trouble. Hmm. One tear and he'd be at your door. Well, so you've been in relationships. You've watched relationships. You were the only one that went to Luann's wedding. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you think they will go the distance? I, 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 absolutely. I'm hoping, you know, marriage is hard, even mm -hmm. without all these obstacles. There's no doubt that it was, they put a lot of pressure on the relationship last year and boy, it was tested. So I think the fact that it was incredibly tested, they went, they made it through, they kept it moving and they're very happy. I'm hoping what, what else could happen? Right. <laughs> They've been through the it all. The worst of it happened. <laughs> right. And she's happy, you guys. She's happy. Right. Yeah. And that's all that matters. She's happy. And it doesn't, you know, doesn't, why, why not? Did you foresee a wedding when you set them up? No. <laughs> I, I just thought they'd have, the, you know, sort of a couple of drinks and a roll in the hay. I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> Look what you did. <laughs> I know. I did a mitzvah. <laughs> you did. Uh, one more and I go to heaven, don't I? Oh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, well, we, you know, some people have a Sophie's Choice. We have a Sophie Stanberry Choice. Okay. You have to pick one. Okay. It's Sophie Stanberry here. Get the tunes on because I'm ready for the dance, bitch. Bring John on as a full-time housewife. Or bring back Heather Thompson as a full-time housewife. Bring back Heather Thompson. Really? Oh, I didn't think you were going to yes, go that 100%. way. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So you guys are friends again? Yes. Okay. Everything's good. I actually, I haven't seen her. She's been really busy, and I haven't been up to the Berkshires at all. Oh, no. I'm going, I just can't be up there when it's dark like this. Mm, I know. I just, it's too depressing. Right. I can start at like 3.30. <laughs> like yeah. That. And you know what? I'll start again. Like, I think in about a week, we're going to start seeing the sun, so I'll start mm -hmm. going up again. Anyway, well, this was fun. Oh, thank good. you. And please thank come you back. So I'll come back anytime. We yes. need to talk once the season gets going because right. we're going to have a million Honey, questions. I'll be here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, goodbye, everybody. It was great being here. I yes. loved it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. What if everyone at work were an expert communicator? What if every doc, message, and email they wrote was perfectly clear and concise? Inbox numbers would drop, customer satisfaction scores would rise, and everyone would be more productive. That's what happens when you give Grammarly to your entire team. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that understands your business and can transform it through better communication. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. That's because with Grammarly's AI, what used to take a few hours only takes a few clicks, like generating an instant first draft in your company voice or tailoring a message to your specific audience and goals. And Grammarly's personalized on-brand writing help is built in everywhere your team works, across 500,000 apps and websites. Plus, it's safe, secure, and already IT-approved. Join 70,000 teams who trust Grammarly with their words and their data. Learn more at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said, done.
You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas are an itchy nuisance and can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMed's pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best flea and tick products for your pet. PetMed's offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com promo code PODCAST for 40% off your first auto ship order. And then we have one half of Ramonia, Ramona Singer. She talked to us about her friendship with Jill and the one time she considered leaving Real Housewives of New York for good. Ramona Singer. Um, crazy season already, and I feel like we just got started. Yeah, it's like we just got out of the box. We're just out of the races, you know? We're into the races. It's crazy. Do you feel like you're in the hot seat right now in terms of, like, where the season is? Um, I don't know if I feel like I'm in the hot seat. I mean, I'm definitely the one who's unfiltered. I'm definitely the one who says what's on my mind. And um, somehow it didn't go down quite right. I didn't really – I think – my delivery, asking Bethany how she handling the situation with her daughter in the school, it was coming from mommy to mommy, but she mistook it like, I'm trying to mommy shame her, I'm trying to embarrass her. Has anybody approached your daughter? Have you explained to her the situation? Or At six? Yeah, she got No, I, I'm asking. Diane Sawyer came to her schoolyard and actually approached her. No, and kids did, talk. Like, kids are very sophisticated. Right. You're kidding. Yeah. Hello. I knew what Bethany was and what, who she was and what she w- did 10 years ago. And you know what? It made her who she is today, which is fabulous. And I know she loves her daughter more than anything else in the world, just like I love Avery. I take a bullet for her. So I was speaking from like concern because I just came from my daughter's college. Like, hey, how are you handling this? And she just took it really negatively and tried to make fun of it and was just had a really bad attitude about it. And I was like, I was really shocked because I just thought we were in a different place like then. On the show, you mentioned that you kind of went through something similar when Avery was young. Were you referring to Alex McCord and those Yeah, I was referring to Alex. My daughter was going to a very elite private school. She was around nine years old. And she called me and said, Mom, what is going on? One of your castmates is naked all over the tabloids. And the school almost kicked out my daughter. Wow. So, um, yeah. So I really was concerned for her to see were there any ramifications and I was there to speak to her in support mm-hmm. and to perhaps help her through it or just to be there really just for support. And if she didn't want to talk about it, all she had to say was, hey, Ramona, thanks for your concern, but it's all under control. Or, hey, Ramona, like not now. I don't feel like talking about it. And instead, she just went crazy on me. And then later on, I think Carol says, well, you know, she's having a hard time with her ex. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I, I, I just thought that was, how was I supposed to know? I mean, I had a hard time with my ex. I was married 23 years compared to her two years. So, I mean, like, really? Uh, Jill Theron has been saying some things on Twitter, like kind of being negative toward you. Oh, I don't even want to talk about her. I, I could care less. Okay. I don't, I don't really engage with people who are negative. It's bad karma, bad energy. That's the reason why I look so good. <laughs> good energy. She does look really good. <laughs> um. Will we see your relationship with Bethany recover this season? Yeah, Bethany and I do finally come to a place. Um, I do realize now with Bethany that she's a different type of a woman that I've ever encountered. Um, you know, death, 
definitely she is. I mean, she's self-made, like I'm self-made. She's determined, like I'm determined. But I can talk about any subject, anytime, anywhere. And with Bethany, I realize if it's something that is a little bit not the most positive, let's say, or if she looks at it as most, she has to be the one to bring up the subject. She does, you know, she, she's the one that likes to drive the cart. Yeah. So. So some people call it a Sophie's choice. We call it a Sophie Stanbury's choice from Ladies of London. It's Sophie Stanbury here. Get the tunes on because I'm ready to dance, bitch. If you can only pick one best friend for life, would it be Sonia or Dorinda? I have to take them both. Sorry. No, <laughs> I can't. I can't choose. I love them both. I can't live with either. Out. I can't live without either of them. I love them equally. <laughs> That's sweet. Um, when you heard Tinsley Mortimer was going to be on the show, what was your reaction? I have to imagine, as a New Yorker, you you know knew who she was. I had certainly heard of her. Well, you know, I wasn't sure. I had met her um, socially a few times, and I felt her a little aloof and cool. So I thought, gosh, for the show, that kind of personality is not going to go very far. We need someone who's really like a live wire, especially when you're entering with six other women that are strong. But then when I found out she was friendly with Sonia, I said, okay, Sonia definitely only likes to associate with people who are upbeat and fun and have an opinion. And I give her a lot of credit, Tinsley. I mean, she came on to a show with six strong women, and I think she held her own. Yeah, she. I mean, so far seems to be. Um, when Luann didn't invite you to her wedding, were you hurt or did you get it? Um, I wasn't hurt and I didn't get it. But then that's Luann. She doesn't always make sense with her decisions. Um, she said, oh, well, because I didn't want any drama. And I'm like, well, hello. The only one who created drama has been Tom. And I really bridged her relationship with both um, Carol and... And Bethany. I mean, she was on the outs. These girls, Bethany and Carol, wanted nothing to do with her. Nothing. They were banning her from everything. And I really, really worked on her behalf to get them to embrace her. And then for her to turn around and not include me with an invitation, I thought was just pretty, um, very Luann. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes Luann is in her own world and is is very... um, just for Luann. I had asked Luann because, um, you know, last season was rough for her. And I said, was there a point where you thought, maybe I won't come back? Was there ever a season for you where you were like, I don't know if I can do this anymore? The only time I thought that was um, season two. Jill had the idea to keep everybody separated during the reunion. And she and Bethany were on the opposite couch. Now, I'll give you a little secret. The people who are on one couch are allies. The people on one couch are allies. The people against each other from the couch that face each other are are adversaries. So I had both, not just Jill, but Bethany going after me nonstop. And I think I've gotten better now with my words. I'm able to stand up for myself more. Back then, I was not able to. And because I don't really have the verbal skills, the quick wit that, let's say, Bethany does or Dorinda. I'm just more business smart. Right. And yeah, uh, they attacked me like you cannot believe. And I went home. I couldn't get out of bed for a day. And I remember then Mario, I said to him, I don't think I can do the show anymore. I, I can't do this. And he actually said to me, hey, it's like giving birth. You'll forget it. Yeah. And now now reunions are a piece of cake for me. Well, given that secret, how do you think the couches will be divided at this year's reunion? I'm not really sure because the season's not over. But um, let's say I, I guessed it right last year. So I, probably this year it will be uh, 
Me, Sonia, Dorinda. The other couch will definitely be Carol and Bethany, which is kind of funny because last year Carol and Bethany and I were on the same couch. Then you have maybe Luann will be on the same couch as Carol and Bethany. Okay. Tinsley. And then we have Tinsley. Tinsley would probably be with me. So it would be the four blondes against the three brunettes. Not that I want to say that way, but yeah, that's, I think it's going to – but I could be wrong. We'll see. And last but not least, we wanted to bring back our interview with Jill Zarin of Zarin Fabrics. This one's a little bittersweet because she oh talks about Bobby. This right, was and how he was he doing died. well uh, health-wise. health-wise. Yeah. But it's a really good interview and obviously shows how strong Jill is and why she continues to be a fan favorite. Right. We're here with Jill Zarin, yes. OG of the Real Housewives of New York City. Yes. It is a pleasure and an honor. Oh, you're way too kind. Thank you. Well, first of all, I think fans want to know, how are you? What have you been up to? What's going on in your life right now? Well, right now I'm in the Hamptons and um, kind of really just playing tennis every day. That's this right. is my, uh, my new life. <laughs> I am... I, I like to consider myself semi-retired. I don't know if I'll ever be completely retired as much as I would like to. And just trying to soak in every day. I wake up and I'm grateful to be alive and I'm grateful to have my family and my, and my friends. And um, just want to kind of live in the moment and enjoy that. And, I'm, you know, I'm with my husband every day. We're together all the time and enjoying, you know, our lives together. And my daughter, Allie, uh, she's... Um, uh, working in the city right now, she graduated from Vanderbilt University. I'm very proud of her. Oh, wow. And now she's applying to, I know, do you believe she's all grown up? No. And she's <laughs> applying to graduate school in London. So we are heading there tomorrow. Oh, no way. We're heading there tomorrow for her interview. I might lose her for a year. Oh, my God. I might lose her for a year to London. But that's okay. It just gives us an excuse um, to go to London and see her and travel in Europe together. So that'd be great. And who else is around? My sister is unbelievable. Lisa Wexler. Remember my sister Lisa? Yes. yes. I was going to ask you about her. Lisa still has a radio show on the air every day from 4 to 6. It's called the Lisa Wexler Show. And I listen. What I do is I I like I listen to your podcast now that I know that it exists. I download it and I subscribe. I was listening to your show yesterday. <gasps> well, thank um, you for listening, Jill. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. It's so juicy. It's so juicy. <laughs> so, it's so juicy. And then my, so my sister has a radio show on every day from 4 to 6, and you can hear it through podcasting or you can hear it through um, live listening through her website, or if you live in Greenwich, Connecticut, you can listen in the car. Anybody else you want to update on? <laughs> I mean, I think, think you think covered. Of who else you know? Well, right. I do want to know a little bit more about Bobby. You know, he's doing better these Bobby. days. Bobby, Bobby's sitting right here listening to every word I say. Bobby, oh. want to give a shout out? Hello. Oh, Bobby said, um, right. Uh, Zarin Fabrics is doing amazing. You know, it's still. I believe it or not, we are still in business after how many years now, Bobby? Over eighty, like eighty-five years in business. Oh, wow. Um, which, yeah, on the Lower East Side, so yes. we're still selling fabric at a discount. The best, that's why we're still in business, because our customers know they get the best prices. And we're online, barrenfabrics.com and all that stuff. Well, so the reason for you being on the show this week was obviously Luann's wedding. We want to know how it was. Honestly, it was uh, a dream wedding. 
Mm-hmm. I, it was, I didn't know what to expect. Um, it was in a very uh, elegant boutique hotel in Palm Beach. And what I was surprised at was the lack of coverage. In other words, I thought there'd be a camera in my face the whole time, video camera, photo, photographer or something. Opposite. I actually thought that Luann wasn't going to get to see her wedding because I didn't see really anybody filming it. <laughs> although, I, although I think they did film something and it's going to be on the show. Um, but it was it was so discreet, indis- you know, discreet. You wouldn't even know they were there. Whoever was there, I didn't see them. So that was really nice. It made it very intimate. Have you been watching what's been unfolding the last two seasons in terms of, of the chatter? Okay. <laughs> what, of course, I have. What were you thinking watching that? Uh, I was thinking that it's it wasn't on a reality show that maybe she wouldn't have known some of the things that came out. Mm. And sometimes what you don't know won't hurt you. Or is that, wait, what's the expression? Yeah, like something like that. If you don't know, if you don't know it, then it won't hurt you. Yeah, kind of like ignorance um, is bliss kind of a thing. A little bit. I, I definitely think they love each other. They are so in love and lovey-dovey, which is the spot. They're in the phase that you're supposed to be in when you're together a year or two. You know, when mm-hmm. you're together 20 years, I don't expect this. <laughs> but together this amount of time. So I'll give you an example. Um, I made Bobby a birthday party in Florida for his birthday, and they came, and I split people up. I put the girls with the girls and the boys with the boys. Because uh-huh. I find that when I'm at a dinner party or dinner, I rather sit with the girls and the boys. And if I do, if it's boy, girl, boy, girl, we just end up tossing, talking. And it's annoying. You know, mm-hmm. you talk with someone, toss husband, just put the girls together. And that's what I do. So that's what I did. And when Luann saw the table, she assessed the situation. She's like, am I sitting next to Tom? And I'm like, no. And she's like, that's not okay. And then Tom saw the same thing. And he's like, am I not sitting next to Luann? I'm like, no. And he's like, that's not okay. So I quickly shifted people around so that they would sit together. I mean, it was no big deal, but it was the kind of like they're in, the, they're in that phase that right. they just want to be together all the time. They want to sit together because they don't, you know, they both work, they both have careers, so they don't always see each other, um, that kind of thing. So I thought that was sweet. Yeah. So, you know, you came back this week. What was it like being back on the show? Well, it was nice to see the um, the producers uh, mm-hmm. that I that I hadn't seen in many years, and they, they had the same um, um, guy who's uh, up in the DP, um, director of photography, uh, the same guy, and it was nice to see him and some familiar faces. That's always, you know, makes you feel more comfortable. But it was like it was yesterday. Yeah. You know, and and it's and even though I never filmed with Dorinda, we're such good friends. It was it was great. And you know, Dorinda was on the show with me, which nobody knew who she was in the scene many years ago. Right, right at that fashion event, right? At that, fa- yeah, at the bully, anti-bullying. Yeah, right, right. I love how Dorinda said the bullying. It wasn't bullying. I was just trying to torture Ramona just a little bit. Right. That's not not bullying. So if you've been watching the last couple of seasons, I've been curious, um, what's it like for you to watch Bethany be back? Do you at all see a sliver of the girl you used to know who used to stay at your Hamptons home and stay in your bed with you? Or is it just... It wasn't that nice. Yeah. That was so great. That was so great. Um, of course, I miss that. Just anything like that in my life. I had such a good time with her. You know, we did. We had a really good time together. Um, but 
No, I don't. I don't see the same person anymore. I don't. But that's not a bad thing. Right. You know, it's just a growing thing. You know, she's a mom now. She wasn't a mom then. You know, she's a, she's she had to grow up fast when you were a mom. You know, right. you have responsibilities. You know, now you're responsible for another human being. You know, when she was with me, she was just her. It's all about her. Right. So, um, yeah, it was just a different time in our lives. The innocent time. Right. right. And, you know, easy. You know, you speak about Bethany so fondly. It's, I, at, you know, as a fan of the show, it's, do you still have regret, I guess, about Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there were definitely mistakes that I made and things I wish I could, you know, take back. And, you know, it's funny when I look at, um, you know, the, the few stupid things that happened in our relationship that, you know, were, were unforgivable or whatever, that, you know, they were ridiculous. They were nonsense. I don't even remember what they were. And when I see other cast members and other shows doing things to each other and how they just so flippantly just make up, uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. I'm even watching Bethany and Ramona saying, you know, and, and Bethany said, I'm done with Ramona. Like, it's over. You know what I mean? Like, there's no going back. What she's done is beyond repair. But yet, if they stay on the show, and I think that was, I think that's the reason why Bethany and I never made up. I think that had she done another season, we would have, we would have resolved it. You know, whether we would have been the best of friends or as close as we were, maybe, maybe not, but we would have resolved it. And that's what I regret, you know? That's mm-hmm. what I regret is that she wasn't around for that to happen. Because I, I, I always thought that we would fight and make up. Because I always, you know, one of the things I also say are real friends. You know the sign of, you know that you know you have a real friendship when you can get past your first fight. Right. And not just friendship, but, but man-woman relationship. You know you you have a you know you know you have the inklings of a real relationship with a man or a woman when you get past your first fight. Right. Because a lot of times that first fight ends it, ends the the relationship with the boy and the girl, or the girl and the girl, the boy and the boy, or just a girlfriend friendship. You know, right. and and that's unfortunate because Bethany and I had never had a real fight before, mm. and this was our first, and I never thought it would be our last. Maybe one day, and I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. Um, speaking of Ramona, so you and her don't have much of a relationship anymore. You know, you say she's deeply unhappy. Why do you think that, and how did you and her get to this place? Well, actually, last weekend, we, we actually made up. <gasps> what? what? <laughs> Breaking. We made up in the Hamptons. We uh, actually made up in the Hamptons, but I don't know if it's a, what's the word, a short-lived truth because of this episode, which often happens when you do a reality show, is that... You know, you, you're not mad when you're filming, but when you hear what people say, you get mad. Right. And so, you know, Ramona and I will always have this relationship of um, constantly trying to get to a better place. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we will do better than others. And we had a really good heart-to-heart last weekend um, at a mutual friend's house, and we hugged it out, and we talked, and we had a really, really deep, good conversation. We did. We went pretty deep. And um, like I told her, uh, no matter how bad things ever were with her on the show, I never gave away her secrets. I never really told the stuff that I knew, mm-hmm. you know, and I never will. You know, and that's the kind of friend I am. I would never use that, you know. I just don't do that. And and that goes for, you know, Bethany and everyone else. I mean, I know a lot of people's stuff, and I just never went that far. I just wouldn't do it. Um, you know, Alex McCord was in the office not too long ago, and we asked her which housewife she stays in touch with. And she was like, you know, Jill is really the only one I talk to on a 
pretty regular basis and it's always <laughs> via email and it's never about the show. It's like about, you know, kids and stuff. But yeah. as a, a super fan and I just rewatched season three of um oh, oh. So I'm oh, I mean I didn't say that. I as a fan I love that season. But I, I, what I was going to say is <laughs> you guys ended that season in such a bad place that when she told me that, I was like, what? Really? How did you guys come around to being friends again? Well, once again, I have the worst memory, so I don't hold on to things. And I <laughs> think right. what happened was is after we both left the show, I do these events in the Hamptons. I, um, I raise money for charities, different charities every year. I've done it for Eric Trump's uh, St. Jude Hospital. I've done it for breast cancer through Sam Waxman Foundation, and now I'm doing it for Bobby, for thyroid cancer this summer, and it's July 29th, so if anybody's interested, I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. We're selling tickets. For the first time ever, I'm, I'm selling a limited amount of tickets for those gift bags, because I do these $5,000 gift bags that are ridiculous. And by the way, we have housewives coming from every city. Oh. Every city, including Australia. Oh, oh Melvin. Housewives coming from Australia, from Dallas, Potomac, Marisol confirmed from Miami, yeah. Beverly Hills, OC, Atlanta, New York, and New Jersey. Every housewife, every show. Not every housewife, but every show. Anyway, so uh, it's kind of like a, uh, it's like a, a super reunion. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a high school reunion, but for it housewives. Is. I invited Andy, too. I did. I invited Andy, and he said if he's in town, he might start by. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, what was I saying? I forgot. Oh, so I, a couple of years ago, I invited, I think Alex was in the Hamptons or something, and I invited her to come. I kind of reached out. I think I might have been the first one to reach out, and I reached out, and I invited her. And maybe that's where it started, or she was coming out to the Hamptons, and I invited them over, and we reconnected. You know, I always said this about Alex. I thought she was actually maybe the brightest of us, mm. intellectually. She was always the intellectual, even though she was the youngest. You know, I don't think people appreciate the fact that there's like a 30-year age difference between her and Ramona. Right. You know, maybe not 30, maybe 20. I mean, a big age difference between the oldest and the youngest. Like a whole, you know, she had little, little babies. Little right. babies. Right. Um, and uh, she was just, you know, you know, trying to survive. I'd like to see all of us at her age doing this show with women like us. You know, it was hard. But, I mean, to me, those are the best years, the original. Mm-hmm. You know, me and Kelly. Kelly was amazing. This is kind of a good transition to our next question. If you were to recast the New York Housewives with anyone from any season, who would be your all-star cast? Uh, The original. The original. And Kelly. Okay. Okay. Because honestly, like, okay, so there was the Bethany-Jill alliance, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Then there was Ramona, who couldn't stand that Bethany and I were an alliance and wanted to get in there. Mm. Then there was Luann, who was literally and continues to be Teflon. Right. Completely. Nothing sticks to her. It slides off. Right. And by the way, I was supposed to be with her tonight, and she was over my house yesterday. We we are still very good friends. Oh, Uh, But she, and I asked her, I said, don't you ever cry? Does it ever get to you? And no, not really. And, and, you know, you had to have Simon and Alex because, you know, the Brooklyn or the Outsiders or the ones who fit into that group, um, it was just made for such great uh, stuff. Like when, you know, Bethany went to her house, you know, and was shocked by it, you know, like, and then what Kelly brought was really good. It was, it was great. First of all, she brought beauty. Mm. You know, beauty and clothes and all that elegance that I think she has. I mean, she just does. And that she's so different from us. 
And you know, the truth is, Kelly wouldn't say anything for now that she did then, knowing everything. Like when I remember sitting at that charity table and asking her about putting her name on the invitation and how like I don't really lend my name out, mm-hmm. like she would say the same thing today. Right, like right. I understand it now. Kelly told us she never watched the show. A thousand percent she never watched it and still doesn't. And I'm not so sure she ever watched the show when it was airing. She might have watched a couple like Crazy Island, but that was it. Right. Not Crazy Island, whatever you call it. Scary Island. Which, by, the way, by the way, I gave her that, Bobby gave her that name. We were, Bob, after, after that sort of thing happened, before it aired, like when it literally happened, and we were re- talking to Kelly on the phone, we were in the car coming to the Hamptons, and Bobby came up with the name Scary Island, and I said to Kelly, when you do your interviews, use that, use it, Scary Island, it'll catch, it'll be catchy. Um, Bobby <sighs> always came up with the one-liners, and I always used to steal them. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody was better than Bethany with the one-liners. Nobody. Right. I think that's what made her everything. With those right. great names and nicknames and snarky stuff and, you know, you just didn't want it directed at you. And that's it. That's our journey through season nine of The Real Housewives of New York. And I cannot wait to continue watching season 10. Tweet us your favorite parts of the first episode. You can tweet me at Meg Segura and find me at Meg Segura on Instagram. You can find me at Suspiciously Small on Instagram and at Rachie Rob on Twitter. And you can find me everywhere at gross underscore raisin. Bye. 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 Looking fine and I got my girls with me. With the boys at the table getting tipsy. Miss me, kiss me one more time. Get over here, boy. Welcome to Pura. The most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here. You're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. I killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus. Hey you, it's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and... Sean Hayes is JJ well, JJ JJ. Why are you yeah. why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a pst in the in the in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like they are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span. Our mystery. We'll cut this out. Too. Our mystery guests. All right, here we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life, and if you're yeah, a wondering fan, then you're I'm gonna stone. Yeah. Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now, and you can listen uh, to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.